Orchestras are notorious for long rehearsals, and sometimes they get very tedious. And the orchestra had been working on Beethoven's Ninth Symphony for months, and the orchestra was quite honestly sick of practicing. And the bass players especially were just over it. They didn't even play the first hour, so they had nothing to do. And the conductor was a bit, well, arrogant, shall we say, as a lot of conductors are. And they knew that he'd memorized the Ninth Symphony, all but like the last ten minutes. And that's where he got a little shaky, and he would actually use the score to follow along. And so they thought they'd have a little fun with him. So the bassist got the score, and they went to the last two pages, and they took fishing line, and they tied it and secured it so that when he got to the end of the symphony and he went to turn the page... He would not be turning the page. Then the bass players got to thinking. They said, you know, we don't even play for an hour. So during the performance, they decided to go next door and have something to drink. That maybe wasn't the best decision they've ever made. The headline in the paper the next day said, it was the bottom of the ninth, the score was tied, and the bases were loaded. All right, as uh, for those of you that are worried about 13 minutes more and I'm out of here. So, um, good news of great joy. What, uh, what, what passage is better than that? I bring you good news of great joy. That the Messiah has been born. The long-awaited Savior of the world has been born. And God showed up. And the angel shows up and he delivers this message. And if ever there was a time, not that every year we don't need this, and I think that's why the early church celebrated the birth of Jesus, because we need this yearly shot in the arm of hope. And our cultures tried everything they can to cancel Christmas, to turn it into uh, children, to turn it into presents, to turn it into whatever. And certainly all those things are good. Listen, all that's going to happen at my house. We'll, be, we'll have the presents. I'll have coffee here, eggnog here, and we'll be, we'll be doing the present thing. We'll, we'll do all of that. But the culture has tried desperately to wipe Jesus out of the story. And for the most part in our schools, they've done an incredible job of doing just that. But the message tonight is a reminder that what was such good news of great joy is that the Savior had come. There was forgiveness for their sin. There was hope again. There was an opportunity to reset, to restart. And that's really what this is all about. Whether you're here, you're watching online. And I will tell you, I was in the building hours before anybody got here today. And this was my prayer. I said, God, give me one. One person except Jesus. One person... Get baptized. By the way, at the end of the service, decision. See that sign over there? If you need to accept Jesus, you need to be baptized. We've had baptisms all day today. Uh, there's, there's one going in Palm Bay tonight. Um, if you need, if you're that one, don't miss it. You're watching online right, right now. Just type your little things right there. I've decided. I, somebody talk to me. I also prayed for one marriage to be restored. And I prayed for one person that might be contemplating suicide that you'd change your mind tonight. I have no idea. Most people never know what decisions have been made, but that's my goal tonight. Because if one, if there's one victory out of all these services tonight, won't that be worth it? Wouldn't that be worth coming for? And listen, I know some of you were here. You you, you didn't ask to be here. Let's put it that way. 
Mom said, Dad said, all I want you to do, all I want for Christmas is for you to come to the service. So you're here under serious duress. We're glad you're here. We're very glad you're here. Hopefully we're showing you that church is maybe not quite what you thought it was. Others of you, it was more of a threat. If you'd ever like to eat dinner again, you will be at church tonight. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Because not only is it good news, and Jesus said it this way, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. There's a point where you have to accept what Jesus did. Now, I understand some of you are very skeptical about this whole Christianity thing because you've heard the other side beat it into your heads. I want to give you what I think is one of the best apologetic arguments for Christianity, and it's this. Of the 12 disciples that were with Jesus during his lifetime, during his teaching time, every single one of them was brutally tortured and killed for their faith. Their wives were killed, their children were killed. Now, if you're telling me that it was a conspiracy, Jesus really wasn't who he claimed to be, he really wasn't the Son of God, he really didn't raise from the dead, the whole thing is a scam that that Americans have come up with or the church has come up with, then explain to me how 12 men would stand by and watch their wives and children die and give their own lives for something they knew was a lie not going to happen. In fact, Chuck Colson, who was in the Watergate mess, remember that if you're old enough? Chuck Colson said, hey, listen, there was 12 of us involved in that conspiracy. He said, we couldn't keep a secret for two days. Two days, let alone people going to their deaths. Everybody starts ratting everybody else out. There's no way that this is going to happen. So what I love about Jesus is he never forces anything on us. It's like, here's the good news. Come and check it out. So that's what the shepherds did. They said, let's go see for ourselves. Let's go see for, could, could this be real? Could there really be hope? Could there really be forgiveness? Can I really be saved? As Dr. Seuss wrote in in the Grinch, perhaps, perhaps there's more to Christmas than the wrappings and the bows and the bozinklers and perhaps there's a little bit more. And He lets us step behind the curtain. You know, when I was a kid, I had the privilege with my parents. We traveled all over the country because my dad loved road trips. And there is is no roadside stand I haven't been to. The, The biggest ball of yarn, you name it. I've been there. I got a picture of it. Even if it's, hey, this is where a battle was. There's nothing there. It's an empty field. We got a picture of it. All right. Here's car hinge. Uh, you know, we can't afford what they have in England, so we, we built a little cheaper model here uh, in the United States. But we put up signs, don't we? Hey, come and see this. God reveals this message to the shepherds. Now, you've heard it said, we even sang the song just a little bit ago, it was to certain poor shepherds. They were poor. They were on the economic end of the ladder. But let me tell you what I think is really going on here. Because those shepherds, does anybody know what a shepherd does? It's not a trick question. They watch sheep. Yeah, there's some out there in the front. I went out and talked to the sheep earlier. Um, they watch sheep, but these shepherds are unique. You see, Bethlehem is, I don't know, five, seven miles from Jerusalem. The shepherds in Bethlehem, the sheep they're raising, all of those sheep are going to end up in Jerusalem for sacrifice. Because there's sacrifice every day in the temple. 
So every day there are sheep being sacrificed. But once a year on the Day of Atonement, when the price is paid for the sin of the world, not just for the Jewish people, but for the sin of the world, on that day, sheep were slaughtered for everybody. And the Romans, the Roman one of the Roman historians wrote this. He said he watched one day 1.2 million sheep slaughtered. He said the blood ran waist deep on the altar of God as, as they were sacrificing these animals and the blood was cleansing our sin. Now, why is that significant? Because it was to the shepherds who'd spent their whole lives raising those sacrificial sheep that the angels show up and say, I want to show you the real sacrifice. You guys have been sending in the perfect lambs day after day after day, year after year after year, but you're now going to get to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of all the world. And those shepherds, because of their position, knew more than anybody else what that meant. And then it says they left after they went to check it out, found out it was true, they went and they told everybody. And people have said, well, who'd they tell? Who's everybody? Well, I'm not real good with Greek, but I can tell you that word means everybody. They went home. They told their family. They told their friends. Then the story gets into Jerusalem. This story goes like wildfire. And, of course, two years later, the star happens and the, the wise men will be there. But God lets us check things out for ourselves. Matthew 19 says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Maybe that's what you needed to hear tonight. Maybe that's all you needed to hear tonight. With man, I'm out of options. I really want to quit. Are you that one that's got a thing, list of things that you're ready to quit? If you're that one, I want you to know that with God, all things are possible. And then what happened at the end is it led to a celebration. It said they went away praising God, celebrating. Now, there's a lot of things to celebrate. World Series victories, Super Bowls, our culture, any excuse for a celebration, right? It's Friday. I mean, we really don't need a, a big reason to have a celebration. But think about this. Hey, I just want you to know your cancer's gone. Hey, I just want you to know that war we've been in for the last five years. Remember this picture from World War II? That's in New York City. That's, that's in, after the victory in Germany. That's the day they were celebrating. Because the war that had taken hundreds of thousands of young men's lives was now over. That's reason for a celebration. And... When the angels realize that all the scripture's been fulfilled, when they realize they've actually gotten to see Jesus, they've gotten to see the Savior of the world, and they they got not only to hear the angels talk about it, but he said, come see for yourself. And when they did, what was the response? Only one response, celebrate. So if you've not accepted Jesus, do it. I beg you, do it. Don't, don't wait. Do it tonight. Push those buttons online. Walk up here tonight and say, hey, I need this Jesus. Because here's what it all comes down to, right? I'm going to give it to you in three simple quotes. Oprah Winfrey said, Jesus is not the only way to heaven. There's a lot of ways to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. 
So you get to decide tonight, Oprah or Jesus. Because what I just gave you is what every American believes, one or the other. James Irwin, one of the few men who have ever gotten to walk on the moon, they were interviewing him. I mean, that's like the ultimate, you know, well, I've done this in my life. Well, you just wait, lay back and say, well, yeah, I, I walked on the moon. And James Irwin said, as cool as it was that man walked on the moon, he said, it's far more important that God walked on the earth. He truly was the King of Kings and Lord of Lords.